I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to our tonight's show budget special. The government says its budget will improve living standards while saving some funds for a rainy day. In Budget 2024, I believe we have struck the right balance between providing support for our economy and society while not unduly adding to inflation. However, the opposition says the budget has failed children and the most vulnerable in our society. Has there ever been a point, ever been a point in the history of the state when a minister celebrates billions of additional euros in the state's coffers when so many children are condemned to homelessness or forced to wait for years for critical surgery? government says its budget will improve living standards, providing a safety net for those who need it most, while at the same time saving for a rainy day. But the opposition has criticised it, saying it fails children and the most vulnerable at a time of considerable wealth. I'm joined first tonight by our economics correspondent, Paul Colgan, for a look at the main budget points. And Paul, you know, something really for everybody and that continuing trend of one-off payments. How does it all divvy up? Well, there's two big components to this budget. There's the core package, and that's the one that has been well advertised. We have been told it was going to amount to 6.4 billion euro several months ago, and indeed it did. And the vast bulk of that, again this year, like last year, is going on the spending side, over 5 billion of that. And that's where you see the increases, for example, to core welfare rates of an additional 12 euro a week. And then a lot of departments will have got extra money in order to keep up with the rising cost of things in general. The Department of Health, a big recipient there. But then the other component on the other side is the the tax measures of just over 1.1 billion euro. So that's where you get the increase to the entry point on the higher rate of tax, bringing it from 40,000 to 42,000. And then the cut to the USC rate of 4.5% it's brought down to 4%. The other big package, and that was the big unknown until today, was the size of the one-off measures, the so-called cost of living package, 2.7 billion euro. Last year, it was closer to 4 billion euro. So this isn't in the same league, but it's still very, very sizable. So that's where you get the three energy credits for everybody of 150 euro each. The targeted mortgage interest relief scheme, which will benefit people who have seen their mortgage repayments really skyrocket over the past year. People who are particularly exposed, people on tracker mortgages and some variable rate customers. And then there's things like the the double child benefit payment. So those are the two big components. That's where it all came from. It's close to 10 billion euro. Last year's was around 11 billion euro. So it's again, it's very similar to what they did last year. The cost of living crisis isn't really going away at the speed that they expected or hoped for. So they're still having to address certain concerns there with with those 
one-off measures. Of course, it's coming in for criticism from the opposition benches, but we're also getting a warning tonight from the state's fiscal watchdog saying by not sticking to rules, it's a serious cause for concern. So they, they flagged it several months ago that they're quite happy to break their own spending rule because they say the circumstances in which it was drawn up were radically different to what they find themselves in now. 8% on average last year, 5% this year, more sticky inflation to come mm. next year. So they say it's completely legitimate to break their own spending rule and to throw a bit more money at this problem. But what the Fiscal Advisory Council is saying tonight, they're saying this package that they've unveiled today is exceptionally large. They say it will severely undermine the path for the public finances and it will add to inflation. It will ensure that inflation sticks around for longer. And the other thing it points out in its view is that what they call one-off measures mm -hmm. are likely to persist. So we have those electricity credits again for a second year. So there will be questions about some of the wisdom of some of these measures. And it doesn't quite tally with the image that sometimes the government has wanted to present of itself as being a prudent manager of the public finances. So the electricity credits, for example, why does everybody get one? There's many, many workers who are very well off in this state who can well manage now the increase electricity and gas bills that they're seeing, which are due to come down, in fact, over the winter months. Why do they get the same treatment as everybody else? The same question could be asked of the double child benefit payment. Why did the very wealthiest workers receive the same as, as, the, as the lesser paid? Now, for example, last year on the energy credits, the government said we needed a quick response. We needed one that was effective right across the board. They've had 12 months to think about it, but they still went for the same kind of option when it came to electricity credits. So the opposition will say, you didn't necessarily have to do those things. That money could have been used elsewhere. Indeed, the ESRI warned before the budget don't go using your resources for political goodies. Use them for capital expenditure, things that will improve the economy, help bring down inflation over the, the short to medium term. So there's certainly grounds there for attack for, from the opposition and indeed some think tanks. OK, thank you for that, Paul. Uh, our panel will be joining me in a moment. But first, let's join Kira Doherty now live at Leinster House, who's with the Public Expenditure Minister, Pascal Donoghue. Kira. Thanks, Claire. As you say, I am joined now by Minister Pascal Donoghue. Uh, Minister, you're very welcome to the programme. I want to start with that warning this evening that's come from the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council. They've used phrases like serious cause for concern when it comes to budget 2024. What is your response to that? Uh, that if you look at the budget in the context of the fact uh, that between this year, uh, last year, this year and next year, we will have uh, budget surpluses of well over 20 billion euro that we will not be spending. For this year alone, it's over 8 billion euro. It will be over 8 billion euro again for next year. Uh, so the government is making the conscious decision not to spend very, very large amounts of money, as evidenced by the number of different groups and interests today who argue that we should be spending more. So do you disagree with them then? Uh, well, uh, I've always taken very seriously what the Fiscal Advisory Council say and their core point about fiscal sustainability that we should not spend money that will not always be available to us is one myself and Minister McGrath have always acted upon. I do feel if we hadn't brought forward a number of the measures that we've brought today, like for example the one-off measures, like for example creating the money to 
support those who are coming to our country from Ukraine. We would have an entirely different set of problems then. So I do believe this balance has been attained in the budget. Okay, they did say that the measures contained today will ensure that inflation stays higher in this country for longer than needs be. And they also say it doesn't include things like the health overruns. That hasn't been factored in to budget. Do you accept that? So if I deal with the inflation one first, we do accept there is an inflation risk. Uh, we have included in our inflation forecast for next year the impact of the spending measures that we have announced today. Any time a government makes a decision to spend more money, particularly in an economy that has high employment, there is an inflation risk. But on the other hand, if we had not brought in the one-off measures that we have announced today, we would have many different parts of our society that would be significantly poorer by Christmas and next year. So that's why the one-off measures are there. And with regard to uh, the uh, health overrun, uh, which is there, uh, that matter is always dealt with by government later on in the year, and we will, uh, when we are clearer what is the nature of the overspend and why. So it hasn't been factored in, but it will be going forward. We have to deal with it later on in the year. In order for me to bring revised spending plans to the Dáil for this year, I'll have to deal with the issue then, and I will. Okay. And um, moving on to those one-off payments, and one of the criticisms that I imagine would come from some of the economists involved in the fiscal watchdog is that too many of these one-off payments are universal. We understand why they were introduced last year, particularly the energy credit. We needed something immediate. But there's been 12 months now for the government to get a handle on this to see is there another way that would ensure some of those um, measures are not going to people on the breadline in the same way they're going to people who are you know, billionaires in this country. But this is why then we have a whole set of targeted measures that accompany that. This is why, for example, early in the new year, there will be double payments made available to all of those who need and depend on our social welfare system to get by. But I suppose the point they're making, sorry to cut across you, sure. Minister, is why give money to those who don't need it, to the wealthy people in this country who are probably able to absorb things like the astronomical energy bills because we're seeing. Because the energy shock and the inflationary shock has been so big, it has affected the majority of our society. I think that's clear. And if we were to bring forward measures that look to exclude a small number of people within our country, we run the risk of not being able to support the majority. But as you know, what we've done is we've reduced the value of the energy credits from 200 euro to 150 euro, recognising the fact that even though prices are still going up, they're not going up at the speed they were a year ago. Okay, I just want to move on to one of the other uh, big issues, I suppose, for families struggling, and that is the cost of childcare. And I've seen tweets today from the Green Party lauding the success of, you know, cutting childcare fees in half. I've seen press releases from Fine Gael members saying the same. Isn't it utterly misleading, though, to say that childcare fees have been cut in half, given the fact that parents will not benefit from those fees until a month before budget 2025. It's almost, Minister, a budget 2025 measure. I would respectfully disagree with you that it's misleading. I mean, it's stating the fact that these measures won't begin until September. So it's another 11 months, but almost a full budget year yeah, before people will feel it, the benefit it, of it. If you look at the point the Fiscal Advisory Council were making, you just opened up at that point that they're criticising us for spending too much. If we were to bring forward measures like that to the 1st of January, we'd be spending even more. 
And the reason why that measure is happening later in the year, and I accept it's happening later in the year, is because we're trying to stick inside the spending parameters that we committed to, and myself and Minister McGrath committed to earlier on in the year. So these are just the trade-offs that we have to manage, and I accept it's really difficult, because there are many, many families who want and need lower childcare, uh, lower childcare costs and want support even earlier. Uh, but what we're trying to do is make a difference in many, many different areas. We can afford to make a reduction in childcare, but we can't really afford to do it any earlier than September. Did the Greens sort of back you into this, say there's this cut coming when actually it's not coming for another year? Oh, this government is working very well together. Uh, we have very good relations at a senior and ministerial and party leader level. It's not a case of anybody backing anybody into anything else. We wanted to make a measure like this, we wanted to bring it in, but because we're aware of the risks of spending too much, it's a measure that if we were to do any earlier, would knock off other things that the country wants us to do, which is why ultimately we're doing it in September. Okay, you said in your press conference after the budget minister that housing, housing is still the number one priority for this government, and obviously that means sure. increasing the supply of housing. Is there any measure in this budget that will increase the supply of housing next year? Yes, there's a whole variety of different measures, the most obvious one being the increased capital expenditure that the Department of Housing will be implementing next year, the increased funding that they're putting into Irish Water and the increased funding that they're putting into organisations like Armbor Planola. And the reason why Irish Water is important is if they're putting in place the infrastructure across our country to supply water to new homes, we have a better chance of the new homes being built. Uh, so we estimate, as a result of all those different decisions that the budget contains, that around 15,000 homes will either be directly or indirectly built in the country, that will be cost rental, that will be public housing, um, or that will be uh, affordable purchase homes. So is and that in addition just... to the housing targets that you had in Housing for All for next year? Or is no, that still within the same targets? No, it's not. On, it's not. What we're looking to do is inside the spending plans that we announced for Housing for All, and the Housing for All contained capital spending plans year by year, uh, over a number of years. Those spending plans are part of the budget and we are delivering our housing targets as part of it. All right, Minister Pascal Donoghue, I know it's Here. been a long day. Thank you very much. So I appreciate you joining Thank us this you. evening. Back to you, Claire, and to the panel in studio. Thank you, Kira. Well, I'm joined here on my panel for more political reaction to Budget 2024 by Minister of State Pippa Hackett from the Green Party, Sinn Féin TD Rose Conway-Walsh, Fianna Fáil Minister of State Dara Kaliri and Roisin Shortall of the Social Democrats are all very welcome along uh, to the programme tonight. To come to you first, Rose Conway-Walsh, we heard uh, the Minister's staunch defence of his budget um, as he outlined today. When you look at what uh, the government have delivered today, there are similarities with Sinn Féin's alternative budget in the areas of mortgage interest relief, extending the excise duty cut, lower VAT on, on gas and electricity, an increased bank levy. There are moves there that Sinn Féin certainly would be happy with. Would you agree? There are some, but I mean, the biggest uh, gaping holes is what is in housing and in health. And when we look at housing, no matter how much the minister denies it, um, they haven't allocated capital funding for housing, the biggest crisis in our time. So one thing we can be absolutely certain of, 
the housing crisis before this budget will be the same housing crisis after the budget. And again, when we look at health, we see that, you know, the minister made a huge big announcement of that he was going to add another uh, 1,500 beds. There isn't even money provided for it within the, within the budget uh, on health. So again, they have failed on health. So health and housing are our two biggest challenges that we have now. You can say mortgage interest relief. Yes, he adapted uh, the good idea that Sinn Féin have put forward for months and months now, but he made an absolute mess of it in the way that, that he has done it. We provided for a 30% uh, on the increase since June 2022. He has limited that. He has locked out thousands of homeowners again out of that. He is limited to 2023 and uh, he's put a cap of, of 1,250 on it. We had a cap of 1,500 euro on it. So again, we know that 40% of households are paying uh, more than 3,000 euro extra a year on their mortgage interest rates. They've had 10 increases. Mm. The banks are projected to have 1.5 billion. He put, yeah, he increased the bank levy to 200 uh, million. That was half of what Sinn Féin had proposed as well. So while he's gone some way, certainly hasn't tackled the biggest problems that are facing us. And I think it's absolutely astonishing that uh, he hasn't done that when we have 4,000 children homeless tonight and we have over 12,000 people who are homeless and people who are completely locked out mm -hmm. of ever owning their own home as well as the rental situation where people are paying huge rents as well. And I think they will be enormously disappointed uh, tonight. And I wouldn't mind if we were in a situation where we didn't have the money. So the government cannot use the excuse of not having the resources there. What we should have done is use the resources available to, to address the biggest challenges mm -hmm. of our time. Indeed, the challenges that they have created over the years that they have been in government. All right. Okay, Roshan Shortall, from Social Democrats' point of view, um, what, how do you assess this budget and the way uh, the government have divvied up the cash, if you like? Because we've got this warning as well from the uh, fiscal watchdog saying, you know, by not sticking to the rules, then, you know, there are inflationary pressures that are a cause for great concern here. So... In, in trying to balance it, maybe they've, they've pleased no one. Or what's your, your assessment of it? Well, look, the way the Social Democrats view this budget is to ask whether it's fair or not. And have the supports gone to the people who need them most? And the answer to both of those questions is no. Clearly, it's not a fair budget. You know, there was considerable resources to allocate today. They were spread very thinly. Um, you know, very small improvements went to people on low incomes. And indeed, money, as you were talking, saying earlier there, um, tax breaks, cash payments, and things like the double child benefit payment went to people who don't actually need additional money. People, you know, high earners earning more than 100,000. Now, you know, in circumstances where we have a very serious problem with child poverty, where there are issues in relation to people with disabilities, who, you know, many of whom are living on the breadline, where services for children with disabilities are, are absolutely threadbare, you have to prioritise spending. And the, the government didn't do that today. So, you know, they spent a lot of money, but, you know, they haven't done anything of real consequence in terms of sorting out some of the key problems in the country. And, you know, when it comes to people on low incomes, what we had was, you know, an array of one-off cash payments, which is all very well. It's nice to get some cash into your pocket. But, like, what happens next week and the following week and the following week? The increases to, to pensions and other welfare payments were wholly inadequate. They were only about half of what was actually required for people to keep pace with inflation. All right, OK, Pippa, uh, let's look at that because, uh, you know, what some would say is there's little going round to everyone 
But at the end of the day, the people who perhaps need it most are not getting it in this budget. That's the criticism. Well, unfortunately, that is not the case. When you look at the facts and look at the way that the money has been spread around, those on the lowest income who do need it the most have received the bulk of this of this budget, as they as they have done for the previous uh, four budgets um, that this government has delivered. But what um, about those big spendy measures? So the three energy credits of 150 mm -hmm. euro each. There's a lot of people with money who can well afford to pay a bill mm -hmm. who will be getting you know 450 euro off off their energy bills this winter. It's, it's a costly measure that actually, you know, is taking essentially from people who may need it more. Well, look, I think, it, I mean, that, that's a criticism that gets bandied around quite readily, as does the, you know, criticisms around child benefit mm. and double payments and so forth. You know, everyone across the economy is, is, is challenged in different ways. We have, we have delivered on, um, I suppose, universal measures like those. We've also delivered on those targeted measures, very much so in this budget. Well, you can't say people are challenged in different ways. We have a clearly increasingly divided society of those who have and the have-nots. Which yes, we've but seen we, but because we have bumper savings in this country as well. There's a lot of people making an awful lot of money in this country. We, we, we do, and, and we know, and we've had to be, in, in one sense, that made this particular budget extra challenging because there is that sense that there is this huge amount of money. Why don't we just spend it? Why don't we just, as Rose said, throw it into housing? But or that's give it not, to the right people. Yeah, but that's not how that works because we know, as we heard from Minister Donoghue, we have to be very careful not to increase, not to fuel inflation anymore. And we're lucky it has halved. I know it's not as low as where we want to mm. see it. And, and prices, yes, they are still going up, but at a slower rate. And we've had to adapt to that. And yet we have the state's fiscal watchdog, Dara Cleary, saying, well, actually what you're doing is going to fuel inflation. So in maybe trying to achieve that balance, the warning is it hasn't been achieved. So Claire, that's their view uh, and we'll take it on board. But I think uh, we have to address the cost of living challenges that people face immediately. OK. Well, can addressing... I ask you just on that measure, just because we have a lot sorry, to get through here, those core welfare payments I'd like to be able to answer uh, your Euro. question with context. Mm. Uh, we are giving, making one-off payments that will kick in in the next few weeks. Um, and, you know, there are some people... Uh, who need those energy payments. There are some people, for those on the lowest right. incomes, we are giving a special uh, allowance and fuel allowance. Can I just come back to the housing issue? There will be €5.1 billion Euro spent on housing capital in 2024. We are nearing record levels of completion uh, in relation to housing. The housing capital budget is contained within Housing for All, and that will include 10,000 direct-built social homes. Right. Is it enough? No, we want to build more. Okay, but there's but nothing we have new changed in it. This, the is, this is the existing... Sorry, just to, just to be clear, this is the Housing for All plan. You're not announcing today that, you know what, we are not building enough social affordable homes or social housing, and we need to do more, so we have we're revised really our targets. Claire. What we're saying is we have a plan that has taken uh, hold, that is delivering houses, delivering houses around the country. We wanted to deliver more and every government department is working. But there's 5.1 billion euro going to be spent on new houses next year. But it's year, not a new spend. Houses, what I'm saying is that's already houses. factored in and budgeted in. It's factored in and it's going to be spent and it's going to deliver houses. And that's what counts. Okay, well, we, could, we could produce yeah. all you're, sorts you're of figures here this that. evening. See, but this will deliver. Yeah, the, t the targets are already too low and we know that and that's universally accepted. Um, you know, we, sh we showed in the alternative budget how you could build 21,000 or deliver 21,000 social. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And affordable houses, and that's what's needed. Now, the overall government targets is 30,000. Um, that's for all, for all housing. We know that it's, it needs to be up to 50,000 for that. The government spend last year was 2.6 billion. The government spend for next year is projected to be 2.6 billion as well. We need additional resources in there and we need higher targets to be able to tackle what's happening. That is, everybody accepts that. We know that the longer that, that this government are in position, the worse the housing crisis is getting even in terms of emergency accommodation, being able to deliver that. So I don't know how uh, the minister or, or the government can stand over what they've done today and how they've ignored the biggest crisis of all times. We haven't ignored it. I think, Claire, I'm not going to let Rose away with that. We haven't ignored it. The biggest capital spend on housing in 2024. The Sinn Féin knew, even from a, a spin point of view, there, was, there, there wasn't anything new There will be 30,000 new houses built next year. Mm-hmm. I think that's not the, spin. Mm-hmm. They are delivering on the ground. They are happy. All right. There, there was nothing new in terms of housing from the budget today. But the key point about housing is that the government has to drive down the cost of housing. And they should be building large numbers of affordable homes on state land, rather than, you know, handing over state land to private developers and then having to turn around and buy back houses for for affordable... We've been hearing about... One billion euro to spend next year. You opposed its creation. We have been hearing about the Land Development Agency for years. For years, and we're yet to see houses. Yes, we did. Yeah, for good reason. There will be no vehicle to build public houses on public land, your catchphrase, because you opposed it. We have given no, no, one that, billion euro that's, next that's year. Not it true. The approach, approach is entirely wrong. But, you know, I also want to raise the issue of taxation. This government, you know, for the last number of months has been absolutely obsessed with the issue of taxation and cutting taxes. And there's been all of this fuss created about the USC. So let's see what happened to the USC in the budget today. They cut it by 0.5%. Now, I'll tell you the impact of that. For a person earning €25,000 or a household earning €25,000, do you know what they'll get from that cut in USC? They'll get €10 a year from that cut. €10 in a year. And compare that with, say, uh, somebody who's earning 70000 who'll get a benefit of about €230 for that. Now, and the same applies, Claire, right across the tax system. You know, whether it's the Mm. indexation, and indexation is fine for people on on modest incomes, on middle incomes, but there's no reason why that benefit should go to high earners. It is a criticism that we've heard, uh, Pippa Hackett, that, you know, people who are earning more are actually getting more out of this budget than those that are earning less. That, that's just not the case. As I yes. say, the facts don't show that. It shows it, that the lowest decile... We have heard from of, the Congress the of Trade Unions and others on this that say a cut of, you know, um, 
10 euro for low paid workers on 25,000 euro say and a cut of 235 euro for people on 70,000 euro. But there are the example But you do the sums on it that's how it, but that's listen, how it works. But listen we can out. pick and choose between all of these measures and say this one particular measure only delivers x for that. There are a multitude of tax policy measures there was increases across the board in terms of tax credits that affect everyone. Um, and and as I keep coming back to the facts show that the lowest income um, earners in this country, the most vulnerable people across all of these budgets that this government has delivered have benefited Sorry, the most. That's no, just not that's true in relation to the tax package. You know, this is the, the fourth... the budget this package. Is the I mean, you, you can't, you're picking and choosing here your which tax you want package. to discuss. Sorry, this is the fourth budget in a row where your tax package is regressive, where it's mm. a case of the more you have, the more you get from tax by, from this government. Mm. And that is not fair. That is regressive social and that's not the direction the we should social, be going. The total tax increases in your budget was something in the region of €3 billion. Euro. No, that would have gone into every sorry, family, that, into every where, Sorry, where did you get that? That's the figure from your, your own no, document. No, it's, that's, that's absolutely that's not true. all the true. increases you're putting on that, business. That, that is absolutely on, not true. We're talking about the tax okay. package and our proposals were that we would concentrate on the tax credits which are the fairest the way, which the are the cars. fairest way okay. of rebalancing We're the tax system. We'll leave, we'll leave that there for one moment. My panel is staying on with me. Uh, coming up next, we will have continued budget debate and analysis. So do stay with us. Welcome back. Well, just before we get back to our budget debate, here's what some of you thought of today's measures. Well, I even find shopping for all my old adult kids at home, like it's expensive. Fuel for the house, electricity. There's nothing getting cheaper. Everything seems to be getting more expensive. There's never anything in for sort of people who are not high income, not low income, just in the middle, no children. You know, we're forgotten about, really. Every year we're promised that, you know, this year is going to be better and this year... But they're going to give you the sun, moon and stars then when the elections are coming up. Great to see the mortgage interest relief, obviously, coming back in. That's such a help. Interest rates have gone through the roof, obviously. We, we all know that with the ECB increasing the rates. And it's not looking like it's going down anytime soon. Do you think the €12 Euro in social welfare payments, is that, is that welcome? Does it go far enough? Well, it's very welcome. But no, it won't go far enough and some people will be really, really struggling. Yeah, the core welfare rates, um, I just want to welcome our panel back, Pippa, Rose, Dara and Roisin, all still with me tonight. Um, we touched on it, but I know we quickly got onto the subject of housing, uh, the elephant in the room, as you would, you would see it, uh, Rose. But to talk about those, you know, the core rates and the headlines that we always see from budget time, 12 euros at the lower end, I think, of what may have been predicted, Pippa. I mean, do you think there was scope there to give more to people? Because at the end of the day, those are those at the thin end of the wedge who are really feeling um, feeling the pinch right now. I suppose, again, it's a matter of looking at €12 Euro as, a, as a, you know, sort of a permanent measure. It's not a one-off measure. So that, that's sort of the base of what we've provided. And then the other supports, the one-off supports... But the one-offs are on one-offs, unless well, they're going, well, going to be annual. No, now. I know, but they're one-offs to deal with specific issues at the moment, you know, issues such as energy, such as uh, fuel, um, all of those costs. And they really do go to the people, um, you know, the fuel allowance um, and, and the one-off supports for, for, you know... Um, uh, working pair, working that, families, that and they all support that those low income that it's families. still not in keeping um, with inflation. Twelve euros not in keeping with inflation. 
Well, I mean, inflation last year was 10%. It's about 5%, half of that now. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, we are seeing a drop yeah. off in inflation. I, admittedly, prices are still high, but the, the, the rate of increase has dropped. Right. I think one of the real things that stood out for me was not addressing the cost of disability. And, uh, you know, 12 euro just doesn't cut it. Uh, we showed in the alternative budget how, to, how 20 euro uh, could be allocated there. I think the disability plan that the government signed up to last July, they haven't allocated sufficient funding uh, for that. Um, so for me, they have absolutely failed in that. While there are some measures that will go towards addressing the cost of living, most of those are once-off payments as well, but there's no significant difference there. I, I, well, I just would, would dispute yeah, that because uh, yeah, disability, um, I mean, for this year, Minister O'Gorman and, and Minister Rabbit brought in an additional nearly 200 million euro. It's an additional disability into the 2.8 billion now for specialist community-based disability services new, this year, next year. But that's a new, that's a new in addition payment. Um, disability, um, you know, people with disabilities are also supported through the, the 400 euro disability but, support but, grant. Okay. Okay. Do you think, no, you the think thing there's an adequate amount announced in the budget? Roisin, you wanted to come in on that. The government's own commission on caring yeah. identified the need for additional payments, you know, ongoing payments to recognise the substantial cost of disability. Mm -hmm. And they actually put it at between nine and 13,000 extra that a person with a disability or a family with a person with a disability uh, uh, find themselves faced with. And th that was a government recommendation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again this year, it's a one-off payment. That's fine, All but right. what is needed is a weekly payment to recognise that cost of disability. Could I also just mention one other issue in relation to welfare? And I think this is probably just the worst element of today's budget, I have to say. We know that there are increasing numbers of children living in poverty. The Taoiseach was supposed to tackle this issue. He said that when he came back into office, that this was going to be a, a priority of his. Today, the allocation for the poorest children, children who are in receipt of the, the, the dependent child payment. Now, all of the agencies working with children said that that increase needed to be about 15 euro a week. The government ended up today allocating four euro a week and virtually no other initiatives in relation to tackling child poverty, mm -hmm. even though the Taoiseach said it was a priority. Now, you know, there were a whole right. lot of requests for properly funded sure. childcare and early years services for a DESH plus yes, uh, approach to, to, is, to is, primary that's schools. Out. That's rolling out in, in childcare facilities. There's no mention the of it. It's been rolled out. There's a number of issues in Four euro a week. Okay, Dara, I just want to bring you in just on another issue. We just have a lot. We do have a lot to get through and I want to just talk about the other main issue facing people and that's the issue of health and you know there was a tweet put up by the the Department of Health announcing you know new measures around um, you know 2,400 new beds and they quickly removed that because it was recognised that actually that's already in previous funding there's nothing new announced today. It was 1.2 billion euro extra in funding um, and there's been massive there's difficulties. There's nothing new around hospital there's, beds. There's there was nothing new. Like they had to actually take down that tweet because there's nothing new being announced today. Can I just say there's 1.2 billion euro extra in funding Indeed. for 2024. We have filled uh, staff positions uh, across all grades in health mm. uh, this year. Uh, they will translate into new beds uh, during 2024. Uh, I don't have a precise figure with me, but we have been filling those positions. It has been challenging to fill them. 
Uh, can I just come back, though? I think it's also on the social protection side of things. Uh, the €12 Euro has to be looked at in addition mm -hmm. to the lump sum payments. Mm -hmm. So there will be cohorts of people, uh, care, people on care support, domiciliary care, disability allowance, uh, getting €400. Euro. Those on the living okay. alone allowance will be getting an extra €200. Euro. They have to be looked at in the total. Right. Coming back to the children issue, we're expanding the number of schools that will offer uh, hot meals. A sure. core issue to get nutrition. Just, okay, just, actually, look, just, just to bring just, just to bring that up with the opposition here, like, there, there will be measures like that that will be uh, welcomed, the extension of the hot meal scheme, also free school school books, books for secondary school students. School transport. Um, uh, uh, School transport, Pip has mentioned there. I didn't get the detail on that, mm -hmm. actually. But just on education as a whole and the reduction in college fees as well, that surely will be welcomed by the Again, opposition. Well, there are some measures, and I think I think it does demonstrate the point, if we look at in terms of, of college uh, fees as well, it demonstrates one in the programme for government. They said that they would maintain the levels there, and I think it shows what an effective opposition Sinn Féin is in making the move so you're in that direction. For that one. We absolutely are, but what we need to do rather than these just being temporary measures we need to make them permanent and we need to abolish uh, student fees as we said that we have done but on health the 808 million is for existing levels of service there will be no uh, other additional okay. additional uh, payments okay. even the overrun on health hasn't been worked into the core budget it's an absolute mess mm -hmm. I don't know what Stephen Donnelly uh, has done on this uh, government and the government that he's involved in but he certainly didn't get what he needed in this in order to be able to deliver on health. It's a standstill budget in health. There, there will be disappointment there. Um, Pippa, just because it's, it's, it's obviously uh, under your remit, you must uh, welcome and push for this Climate and Nature Fund worth €3 billion. Euro. That's to help achieve carbon budgets where it's clear that our climate targets, this is according to the document, are not being reached. I mean, you could call it future-proofing, but is it also an acceptance there that it's going to be a real challenge meeting those climate targets? No, I, I think what it is is that future-proofing. So who, whatever government is going to be in place over, you know, next time or the following time, they'll be obliged, you know, to keep this money ring-fenced for climate, for nature. It's interesting, actually, because, I mean, you know, farmers will play a role in that as well. Yeah, and actually, not, excuse me, excuse me, actually, Rose, neither yourself nor, neither yourself nor Pierce, in your contributions today in the Dáil, many Mentioned agriculture or farmers once, Which and in fact, no. Let me finish. In well, fact, in well, fact, Pepper, no. Let me finish. Pepper, let me finish. Excuse me. Neither yourself nor Pierce mentioned you agriculture or farming you today in the Dáil. And you, not only that, you didn't even listen to when Minister O'Donoghue or Minister Donoghue announced about Pepper, the 3.1 million. Have you million. slashed the agricultural your, your budget your by 17 percent? Your own. Have you? No, we haven't. You have. We haven't. You have, according your to your own, figures in agriculture. Your own input. Sorry, can I finish? I'm trying to say. You can't. You know what, maybe your just own, to clarify. Your putting €75,000 towards nature and climate. That shows how far off the Sorry, mark you can are. Can we just get a bit of clarification? You, you can't even what, read it. We've you know, what, what was in the budget for farmers million. or was there anything for the agricultural sector? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the main challenge in farming was to secure the funds for, for nature-friendly farming for the agri-environmental schemes, acres. Less. The 17%, and you should know this, because yeah. last year's budget was filled with FAR funding, Brexit Adjustment Reserve, which was a one-off measure, with Ukraine funding, which was a one-off measure, and that's where you get your 17%. In fact, if you look at the core, taking those out, we're up at least 3%. So you, you, need more more, you, you need to check your figures. You need to check your figures. You need to check your figures. You don't allocate ring, them the funding. You would have got rid of carbon tax. Okay. We have ring-fenced 1.5 billion euros of the carbon like tax for farmers. Isn't it the case that the commitment that you've made in relation to a climate fund is a commitment for the next government? 
that the fund will only start in 2026. But that's but that's that's forward thinking. That's if, or is if, it if we live, if we did, in road. fact, if we did all the budgets, we would have had all the money blown and have nothing for the future. The two funds announced today: the Future Ireland Fund and the Infrastructure, Climate, and Nature Fund. The legislation will be debated in this stall. You will have your chance to shape that fund and it'll begin the payments with, okay. with uh, commencing payments from existing resources. And I think to show that this government and this budget is far-sighting the Future Ireland Fund in particular, okay. looking at the ageing population, yeah. looking at the challenges that come with that, Infrastructure, Climate and Nature Fund will have uh, funding in place for our biodiversity and our All climate right. crisis. Okay, Forward-looking, forward family-friendly budget, Claire. This is what this has been. 78 million core investment. We'll, we'll be talking more about this after the break. Um, we'll have our, our panel uh, with us uh, who will be looking and analysing in more detail. Uh, my thanks for now to Pippa, to Dara, to Rose and to Roisin. Expert analysis coming up next of what Budget 2024 means for you. Do stay with us. Joined now for more budget analysis by Gabia Gatavecchia, political reporter with the Irish Independent, John Lee from the Irish Daily Mail, the executive editor there, political consultant Jared Howlin, and Louise Bayliss from Spark and Focus Ireland. You're all very welcome along to the programme tonight. John, a little bit for everyone, but not enough for anyone. Uh, that's been the criticism around this budget. Would you agree with it? Um... I, well, my, my take is I was honoured enough to be asked my opinion on this show last year. So, like, show I'm not consistent in criticism. I, I, I thought it was a very, very effective budget last year politically and, and for hard-pressed um, families. I think this is a deeply, deeply underwhelming budget politically. Uh, I was, I'm very surprised that two, two eminent um, financial gurus like Pascal Donoghue and and um, Pascal Donoghue put this out. You know, health and housing, they've given up on them. There's, there, there, isn't, there isn't a single new measure in either area. They've cut the funding to health. health. And to be, very, to be very blunt about it, if you're going into a general election in 18 months' time, go back to the last... I, I would say, I think it was... I did a calculation earlier. I was just checking my phone when we come on. The 12th word Pascal Donoghue mentioned in his speech was Brexit. That's gone. It's over with. They banged on about Brexit, Fine Gael, for years before the last election, 1% of people voted with that in mind. In the last election, 36, 32% voted. The exit poll for RTE showed 32 voted with health in mind, 26% voted with housing in mind, and they've given up. There's not a single provision there that will have any effect on housing. And people, the repost will always be, oh, you can't do anything in housing. You can. You can do it, and you can do it rapidly if you have the will and the urgency to care about because that, the what issue. they say is they're they're continuing that spend and they're continuing on their housing for all program. Do you think they needed a big headline today to woo the voters? Is but that the, what you're saying? A budget is very much an outline of your political priorities. You know, there's about 19 billion spent a year by a government. This dealt with 14 billion, mm. but it shows you what you care about. Okay. And in this instance, there's no measures there with housing to show me that there's any urgency or care there or health. But there are some very innovative me measures there from uh, Norma Foley and, and Heather Humphreys when it comes to schools and that kind of thing. But this government is in serious, serious trouble um, in the polls when going into a general election. They're going to be slaughtered right. on the back of this. Jared, uh, uh, um, the government, you know, you, you heard this, that they were trying to balance between, you know, being, it being a family-friendly budget while remaining prudent. From a 
prudence point of view, do you think they've they've succeeded at all with no, this budget? I, I mean, the, the fiscal watchdog also yeah, thinks otherwise, but what's your take on that? I read the, the uh, what the Fiscal Advisory Council had to say this evening. It's pretty damning criticism. I have to say I would agree with it. I think prudence has not been a feature of this government's spending plans for years. They had the excuse of COVID. COVID is gone. And notwithstanding the fact there's three times as much money in this budget as there was in the last pre-COVID budget in, in 2019. Most of COVID spending was supposed to be once off. It's proven to be increasingly permanent, particularly in relation to increased mm. spending for health during COVID. Remember we were told that would be once off? It's, it's now part of the, uh, of the floor and nobody can tell us how much has gone into the floor. And on this programme, uh, the Minister for Finance admitted to your colleague that in fact he's still you know, doing the sums on what the deficit will be this year. But on health, 800 million has been provided for additional current spending next year, which is provide existing level of service. And let me tell you that that 800 million will hardly be adequate to provide for six months of the year, let alone for 12 months of the year. It is a work of absolute, complete fiction. Mm. Um, let's talk about, I suppose, how the money was divvied up, Louise. From your point of view, um, and there is that criticism that more should have been done for those most at risk. And yet we're hearing from the government was a family-friendly budget. There are the working families payment. There's also things like the free hot meals, the school book scheme, you know, college fees, uh, child uh, welfare, um, a child benefit being doubled. And, and being extended, actually, yeah, to those still-going I mean, age. Yeah, there was some benefits. One of the good things was child benefit being extended to 18. That has been an awful um, cause of intergenerational poverty, where children at 18 could not afford to stay in school and dropped out. So that's a really good thing. The, nine, the extension of the hot school meals, that's really good as well. However, there was... There's a deep poverty among children relying on social welfare. And the four-year qualified child increase does not tackle that. They did help working lone parents and working low-income families. Mm. You know, the, fam the working family payment increase of 54-euro threshold is massive. That's 32-euro per week. Whereas the children in deepest poverty, relying on social welfare, their increase was €4. Euro. Now, if you look at the work done by the Vincentian Partnership, where they look at the minimum essential standard of living, they said that to keep a child at this level of poverty, not to do anything that the, you know, that the Taoiseach had promised mm. about child poverty, you needed to increase the qualified child increase by a minimum of €10 for under-12s and, and 15 for over-12s. Oh, and then the other side of it is there are 3,895 children in emergency accommodation today. We didn't see anything there. Now, hopefully some details will come out or what plan to do mm -hmm. to support them. But there was nothing there today that I could see that was going to support it. And going back to John's point, if I can briefly, you spoke about housing, and which is so true. But there are smaller things that could be done in housing that to help people... Right. OK, yeah. And let's talk about that because the government did say, you know, we got this renter's credit and also uh, in order to keep landlords in the market and keep, you know, rental properties available to people, then there's a sort of tax break for, for them there as well. How do you think that's going down? Yeah, and the spin very much so in the lead up to the budget was that it would be more supports for renters as opposed to landlords. We know that Housing Minister Dara Ryan was pushing for that €1,000 renters uh, tax in cut. You know, last year we saw the tax credit of €500, wanted to double it to a thousand but that didn't really get over the line we see only 750 euro so when we look at those supports for landlords for example next year it'll be 600 euro okay fair enough 750 is still more than 600 but the year after that it'll be 800 and then the year after that it'll be a thousand so those subsequent years we will see 
more supports for landlords than renters. I put that to Finance Minister Michael McGrath. He was, told me this afternoon, look, sure, we can always up the renters' credit. But that's, you know, that's, you're, all, you're, all, you're already looking at the budget that's coming next year, Budget 2025, and you're just only after announcing Budget 2024. Mm. I think the interesting position the government was in last year, yes, they did put in a bumper giveaway budget, but a couple of months later, they did have to put in more uh, cost of living measures. So this year they're saying, look, the situation is a little mm. bit better. I do think very much so they're targeting specific groups of people, like the pensioners. You know, they're in line for their pension increase, their fuel allowance. Young people as well, maybe that young Sinn Féin vote uh, through, you know, okay. increases to student grants and, you know, help to buy schemes and so on. Working families through the working family payment, but also child benefit and, you know, yeah. cutting tax. So there's very specific groups of people that the government are trying to target. I yeah, think. but I mean, overall, Jared, do you think it's a vote getter? Is that what the government were trying to achieve here? Well, it was what they're trying to achieve. That's why they didn't focus and they cast a very wide, a lot of our money across a, a very wide range of causes. Uh, we know next spring, really April, May, will be the time you can tell coming into the local elections. These things take a long time to digest. Um, mm. But the, the problem is, I think, the people who are houseless and under 40, uh, for them, all of these giveaways that are universal are largely for people who are either housed or older. It does less proportionately for people who are younger and trying to get on the housing ladder than it does for people who are older and housed. And it reinforces mm. a continuing intergenerational unfairness in how our economic policies are decided. OK, well, that is the view from our panel. Uh, that is it from us. That's all we've time for on this programme. It's available as a podcast on all major platforms. You can also now find us on Instagram and on TikTok. But from all the late team here, good night. Do take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.